0: Podcasting from the JK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to another episode of Reds Fans Chatter. Uh, I'm Scott Evans, he's Nick Lawson, and. Uh, Be sure to hit the subscribe button on however you're listening to us. We are everywhere. We're now on Amazon Music. I think that's impressive. (laughs) We're
1: everywhere. You can't can't escape us. We're everywhere. Uh, Pandora, you're next. That's right. Pandora, look out. We're coming for you. Uh, So
0: anyway, it's been a couple weeks since we've had one of our weekend review, weekend preview episodes. I went on vacation and the Reds. Turned it on. I I was almost banned from coming back uh, home.
1: Yeah, you're not allowed to come back when I went on a win streak.
0: (laughs) You know, I think almost every time I go on vacation, especially if it's to the uh, Smoky Mountains, whatever the Reds were doing before I went on vacation, they do the opposite while I'm on vacation. So I remember in 2006, it was like the first time I went down there since I was like a kid with my parents. And, uh, reds were in first place or I believe first place, maybe second place, but they were in the hunt, uh, before I went down there. I, I don't think they won a game while I was down there. So,
1: well, you and you this time and I went six in a row. Oh, they, they were undefeated when I was down there. Yeah. I mean, they, they figured you were gone. Let's win some games.
0: <laughs> you know, there's one year and I'm a season ticket holder. So this is really bad. Uh, out of the, t- that was, I think I had the 10 game uh, power pack uh, package that they had at one point. Out of the 10 games, they won one that I went to. Jeez. So. jinxed. <laughs> nah, but the years that that they went to, that like had winning seasons, I had like 40 game packages, so. Yeah. Or did Not I, bad. actually I take that back. I I didn't get the 40 game package until 2013, so. I, I jinx them, you know. They, I
1: mean, they, I, I bet, they were not bad. They weren't bad, two thousand thirteen, but they're gonna fall off the rails after right. that. year so it's it's not me, <laughs> not any of us, because nobody's been there. So
0: right, except for the except for the uh, I don't know if you saw the guy that broke into Fenway Park. Yeah, got up he was throwing and, hats. Throwing hats was uh, saying, "Remember nine 11 I mean. Yeah. He, and, and the crazy thing is before anybody realized he was there, he was like in the outfield seats walking up to like the camera guys. I mean, he probably could have stayed in there unnoticed had he not been incredibly stupid. I mean, it's incredibly stupid to break in anyway. He's probably never going to be allowed to go to a major league baseball game again. So I'm definitely not recommending that to anyone, but if you're gonna do something that stupid, I well, maybe he looked at it like if I'm gonna be stupid, I might as well go all the way. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he 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 put stupidity at a different level when he did that.
0: Right, but you know, he is the one person that can say he attended a major league baseball game
1: this year. That's true. Well, I don't know but attended, but yeah, he was there <laughs> in body anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So.
0: Uh, anyway, we'll get into the, some of the games, uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and, and like you said, it's, it was looking bad. I went on vacation and I'm like, yeah, the Reds are pretty much done for the year. I mean, there's always hope. I think I said, uh, the last episode going into that week, they were going to go, oh, and six and they were <laughs> almost, and they almost did it. So uh, looking back to September 8th game, uh, they lost three, nothing to the Cubs. Well, you said zero and six. I said three and three. And, <clears throat> and I'm not sure exactly what they did, but I think they, they were won three and three. Oh, were they three and three? Yeah, they were three and three. It, it seemed like they were one and six at, at times. Some of the, some of the games they just were lifeless.
1: It, it, you look at the batting averages, and like you're, you're like, wow, what is going on? Because the batting averages are terrible. I mean, your best hitter, Jesse Winker,
0: right. Uh, anyway, the, the September 8th game, uh, Tyler Malley pitched, did pretty good at seven innings, uh, gave up three hits, uh, three runs. Only one of those were earned. Uh, but the bats did nothing that game.
1: Tyler Malley, he showed up that game and and he really impressed me. And I, I didn't think he'd go seven. I think he threw 108, 110 pitches that game through seven innings. That's a, that's very, I mean, that that blew my mind that he would go that far.
0: Uh, then on September 9th, the uh, Reds turned the tables, 3-0 over the Cubs. This was the Trevor Bauer show where he absolutely dominated the Cubs.
1: That that dude is uh, Cy Young worthy. He's in the conversation. He's leading the conversation, I believe. But uh, I think him and Alan Mills, like as Mills threw a no-hitter while you were gone as well. I don't know that, but. Uh, but Trevor Bauer, he, even the shoes are starting to show some some life on TV. <laughs> his shoes are really impressive. I'll give him that. And and right now he's a, he's he's a Cy Young contender.
0: Yep, and uh, the Cubs uh, still tried to knock him off his game by uh, chirping at him the entire game. But uh, he had the greatest comment uh, about that.
1: Yeah, I didn't, I missed a comment. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I missed a comment. Yeah, he
0: said. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive to chirp at me when I'm, uh, um, I forgot the comment too, but <laughs> basically
1: they, we've been gone too long.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I was, uh, I, I was busy, uh, playing in snow, so yeah, sure. <laughs> But uh, actually, I was I was even home for that game and, and watched it. But yeah, pretty good, pretty impressive out, outing, outing that night. And uh, so, uh, Trevor Bauer definitely going to be in conversation for Cy Young this year. Uh, moving on to the next game, uh, September 10th, Reds lose eight to five. Uh, bats showed some life early on. Uh, pitching though, uh, wasn't that great. Another bad game by Sonny Gray. Uh, six hits, so in three and a third innings, uh, five runs, all of them earned. And uh, this is the game right before he went on the uh, disabled list. Bullpen, uh, Michael Lorenzen came in, uh, gave up two runs in relief, and uh, Nate Jones gave up a run uh, as well to fin- finish out the game.
1: Well, for, for, to defense on the grade, he, he had hurt his back in that game. Uh, he he felt it uh, for that last pitch. I think he, he said he, he started feeling a twinge, and right that put that put him out for the for the time being. Uh,
0: moving to the September 11th game. This is when I officially went on vacation. I believe that's fr- Friday, September 11th. Uh, my last day at work. I, I left my house that evening, and uh, so this is kind of when the Reds started to turn it around. Uh, that, Kinda, kind of, yeah. Three, <laughs> they won three to one against the Cardinals that uh, night. Um, uh, great pitching from uh, Luis Castillo. Uh, the bats were
1: there, um, and, and they won the game. They won the game, and and then the second game wasn't so nice. But I think the third game was kind of the beginning there.
0: But uh, one other note on this game, Luis Castillo pitched a complete game traditional style, not a a fake uh, complete game as Trevor Bauer calls him with the seven-inning games. He uh, He pitched a beauty. He pitched a beauty. Two hits over nine innings, uh, only three walks, uh, six strikeouts, uh, definitely coming into ace form at the right time.
1: He, he looked really good in that game. He looked like he was comfortable. He got into a groove after a while. He said, he'll give up two hits. Uh, he, it was, it was, he, it was, They felt like he was, he finally arrived in 2020 because, you know, we saw him a few starts before and he was not very good. And that game was it for him. I think he's turned it on since. Right.
0: Uh, second game, like you're talking about, uh, not as good for the reds. They lose seven to one. Uh, this was kind of a bullpen type game. Uh, T.J. Antone has got the start. He's been a starter in the past, but uh, for whatever reason, lately it seems when he's in that role, he struggles a little bit. Three innings pitched, two earned runs given up. Uh, Lucas Sims came in, and with Lucas this year, it seems like some games he looks impressive or the complete opposite of impressive. a <laughs> Disaster. Uh, giving up three runs in two uh, innings. Amir Garrett came in. He gave up two runs in an inning and Jose De Leon came in for two innings, uh, gave up no runs, but too little, too late. The bats were completely quiet this game. Uh, Reds only had three hits, uh, one run, and um, but, yeah, so it it looked like, okay, we're still in this rut. Win one, lose one, and then we go to Sunday, which was my official uh, day of being outside of the tri-state area. Reds win 10 to 5.
1: The, in this game here, it was early on, the Reds were not hitting anything. And then as, the, as they got to around the sixth inning, they started tearing up the ball. The offense kicked it in gear, and they were looking like a team that was on a mission. Right. Yeah. The Reds scored uh, one
0: in the second, two in the third. And then, like you said, the sixth inning, they got a run. Seventh inning, three runs. Eighth inning, one run. Ninth inning, two run, 10 runs on 13 hits. Uh, Pitching was pretty good. Another good outing by Tyler Malley. Uh, Actually, no, this game, it wasn't that good of an outing by Tyler Malley.
1: Uh, You threw a lot of of pitches earlier.
0: Two and two-thirds innings, uh, four walks, uh, three earned runs. Robert Stevenson came in, uh, gave up a run in an inning and a third. Uh, Then... uh, and then it was Nate Jones, Archie Bradley got the win, and Rossiel Iglesias got his seventh save.
1: Yeah, besides Stevenson, I uh, I got a rant on him at some point. <laughs> We're not to that game yet. Yeah, it's when we coming. get to it, uh, I got something to say about Robert Stevenson. But yeah, uh, that game, um, yeah, it was bullpen. It was bullpen on that one. Um, Allie was struggling early, early on through a lot of pitches. He walked four guys, and it happens, you know?
0: Right. Uh, then the next game, uh, reds come back to play Pittsburgh in a, uh, double header game one on Monday, September 14th. Uh, Trevor Bauer gets the, uh, nod. i I'm, I was doubting the wisdom of that. Cause I know Trevor Bauer hates playing in day games, but he didn't seem to mind, uh, that day. He, uh, pretty much, uh, dominated the, uh, pirates, uh, gave up four hits, uh, one run, uh, it was earned, and uh, in six and the third innings, Rocio Iglesias came in and got the save. He's uh, was three and three for three, three and three. Actually, Rocio Iglesias got the win that game. Sorry, I, I read that wrong. Bauer probably should have, but with the way he pitched, but uh, Reds didn't. This was a walk off, uh, walk off with two
1: uh, outs. Yeah, Tyler Stevenson. Tyler Stevenson hit a walk off home run. Bauer pitched well, but he just didn't have the run support. It was when he left the game, I think he was trailing one to nothing. He was, yes. Sorry, I, I still have vacation brain. <laughs> you, you get that jet lag and then you were driving.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh van lag. <laughs> and then in, yeah, game, there you go. in game two, uh definitely no problem with run support. Reds win nine to four against the Pirates. Um uh,
1: Second game was really, I mean, they, they put on some offense in the second game.
0: Yep, uh, second game, uh, Shogo went one for two. Castellanos uh, was about the only one that was super quiet, over four. Uh, vado was one for three with an RBI. Um, Moustakas, one for four. Brian Goodwin, one for three. Uh, Freddie Galvis, over uh, two, uh, but had a... Um, Um. Hmm. Sorry, I was trying to figure out his, his box score looking at this. I think he did have a walk. He did not have a walk. That's why I was kind of – he had three plate appearances. I guess maybe there's a fielder's choice or something. That would have been – It a, have
1: been a, a fielder's choice or a hit by pitch. I'm all, I can't remember.
0: Yeah, it could be hit by pitch. It was hit by pitch. It it. Yeah, because filter's choice, filter's choice would have still been an at bat. So
1: I knew, I knew somebody got hit in that game. I think there was a couple of players that got hit in that game. Yeah,
0: he was the only one by the Reds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's unusual when you play the Pirates because they always hit you. Right. Right. And then uh, Desclafani uh, hit two batter. I'm sorry, Desclafani hit one batter, and then Galvis got hit by the uh, by the. Uh, Pirates I think pitcher. that
1: ball, the ball that ball kind of grazed him it wasn't like he just right. clunked it, you know.
0: But uh anyway,
1: Reds start,
0: starting to go on a winning streak and uh continues Tuesday against the Pirates, Reds win 4 to 1. Uh all the all the runs in this game came early. It was a 9 inning game. Uh, for the Reds, uh Michael Lorenzen got the start and Lorenzen pitched really really well. I mean, he he was on a short leash uh, with pitch counts and innings wise since he's been in the bullpen all year. Uh but for a spot start, uh, it was you couldn't ask for anything more. Bullpen came in, uh, handled everything. Amir Garrett got his first major league save or AG yeah. or AG did as he likes to say.
1: Yeah, AG. He likes the Pirates. <laughs> He likes to fight them every once in a while. Yeah, th- this was this is a much better
0: way to get revenge is uh, close down beat the em. save. Yeah, uh, beat him. Absolutely. Uh, Tucker, Not beat him up. Not Tuck, beat him up. Beat him. Tucker Barnhart had a home run in this game. Uh, Castellanos had a double. Um, He's a doubles machine. He is, yes. So uh, any anytime there's a Reds win is a good thing. And then uh, to close out the four-game series, Reds win one nothing. Uh, Rossio Iglesias got his eighth save. Luis Castillo uh, got the win, and uh, bats were quiet. Uh, but uh, one nothing wins are the count the same as ten nothing wins.
1: That's why Shogo should be leading off every game.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that's one thing uh, with this w- winning streak. I noticed uh, when we had our David Bell lineup episode. It, this lineup is probably pretty close to uh, what we talked about in that uh, in that podcast. Uh, Barnhart was moved up to eighth for a few games. Joey Votto was no longer a leadoff hitter, uh, putting back into uh, the third third spot. Where stats wise for this year is not as good, but it's been his uh, natural position. Uh, Joey's made some adjustments. He's standing up more straight, and he's also uh, not choking up on the bat. So uh, seems to, seems to be working. His average still isn't up. It's too late to, uh, to worry about that. But uh, he, he's had some, a lot of timely hits, a lot of good timely at bats uh, this past couple of weeks. So uh, it, it's, it's good to see him getting close to the player that he, uh, that we all expect him to be.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he's still getting on base. You know, he's the man when it comes to getting on base, just walking, uh, he's a patient hitter still. I mean, he, even getting up there in his 30s, 37, well, I guess is what he is now.
0: 36, I believe.
1: Yeah, he's he's getting up there in age, but he's he's not letting it bother him in, in his plate appearances. He, if he knows he needs to be a base runner, he's going to take a walk. Since he is now the all-time walk king in right. franchise, <laughs> franchise history.
0: Yeah, passing up um, Pete Rose. Passing up the man, Pete Rose. Yeah, he, and it quietly, he passed Barry Larkin on the RBI uh, list this past weekend as well.
1: I did see that. Uh, I think I saw it this morning, I didn't even notice the number. I think it was like sixth or fifth or something like that. Uh,
0: that part, I'm not sure. I just saw that they passed uh, Hall of Famer Barry Larkin.
1: That's impressive, too.
0: Yep. Uh, so the White Sox come to town. You know, it's one thing to sweep the sweep and win a series against the Pirates, but the White Sox, one of the hottest teams in baseball, comes come into town. And in game one, the Reds win seven to one. Hallelujah. Win streak continues. And I was back from vacation on this, but I wasn't back to work yet. (laughs) So I was allowed to come back. But uh That's okay. We're still winning when you came back, so we're okay. Right, right. Uh this game, uh Reds uh Tyler Malley, another good outing, five point two or five and two thirds innings. Uh one run baseball, TJ Antone out of the bullpen was much better. And, uh, Sal Romano made his, uh, return to the, uh, big league team, uh, pitched an inning, uh, no runs, no strikeouts. Uh, can't ask for more. He looked good. He they looked haven't good. seen him pitch in a while and he looked good. Uh, so Joey Votto had a double in this game. Uh, had a home run. Tucker Barnhart had a home run. Votto had a home run and Jesse Winker had a home run so
1: the Reds are playing home run derby that night the, that's
0: been kind of their MO all year which uh, is why some games it seems like they're you know crushing the ball scoring tons of runs and then other other games it seems like they can't do anything
1: which, yeah i mean their <laughs> MO their MO's been home runs this year i
0: mean which brings us to Saturday's game a uh, national tv game
1: Except Saturday.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, Reds get six hits, couldn't bring anybody home, uh, and lose to the White Sox five to nothing in the uh, national game on Fox.
1: Yeah, the White Sox had five solo home runs in that game. What do we do? <laughs> we on national TV, and then we don't, we don't we play an egg. You know, that's how it is.
0: Right, Trevor Bauer pitched this game. Uh, not his greatest games, but still went in seven innings, two runs, but uh, the no run supports. And uh, then Robert Stevenson comes in, and it's a two nothing game uh, against one of the best teams in baseball. And uh, he lays an egg one one inning pitched, uh, three earned runs given up, and uh, basically killed uh, the Reds' hope of maybe. Stringing together a few runs and and possibly coming back against a uh, pretty well pitched uh, White Sox team.
1: Robert Stevenson or J.J. Hoover, whichever one to call him, um, he should be bagging groceries at Kroger, not pitching in the majors. Obviously, the guy can't get anybody out, and I don't know why he's still on his team. And he make the postseason; he should not be there. He should be a prasco learning to pitch.
0: Right. I mean, this year, uh, stats, not good after this game, actually, actually, uh, still in, I don't think he's pitched since then, uh, 11 ERA.
1: Yeah. It it went uh, up. It went up as he gave up three home runs back to back to back in that game.
0: Granted, he's only, he's only thrown nine innings this year, but, uh, none of those nine innings or very few of those nine innings have been have been good there's been a few few uh of of hope with him but uh you, you have an 11 era um it, it's not good especially when if you're being brought in into a high pressure situation it, it, if the reds were down five nothing and he brought him into that situation and gave up more runs that's kind of one thing but you're still still in it you're hunting for a, you fought your way back to 500, back into the playoff picture, and uh, and yeah, you you don't want to put in a guy that's probably more. If he's going to be on the team, he's going to be a mop up guy.
1: Yeah, he should be mopping my floor. <laughs> that's what he should be doing. So sorry, I don't like Robert Stevenson. I I, I can but tell. <laughs> yeah, him and him and Homer Bailey could they could live together. I don't care.
0: Uh, see, I liked Homer, but that'll be for another show. Uh, <laughs> we'll see so, him this weekend. Let's put it that way. So, um, hopefully he lives up to his name, <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. but anyway, uh, so, uh, final game in the series, uh, and final game we'll talk about, uh, for this week, uh, Sunday, yesterday, Reds win seven to three, get back in the playoff picture, 27 wins, 27 losses after the game. Uh, big inning in the fourth. And th- this was kind of a crazy game. Uh, if you look at the stats, uh, there were 11 walks given up by Chicago White Sox pitching. It's, it's kind of funny. I have a good friend. He's a uh, Chicago White Sox fan. Early on, I was kind of watching the game halfway, like, uh, saw their pitcher get out of a jam. I'm like, ah, oh, pitching's pretty good for you guys. And then. Then I hear them mention that there's been ten walks and uh, and no hits at that point until uh, until uh, Mustakis I believe uh, drove one in.
1: Yeah, they didn't have. Yeah, like you said, they had like three runs and no hits. Like, okay, this is odd, right? Then Booth finally got that hit and it was like, oh, there's some
0: little relief. And ten walks, which is it, just seems crazy.
1: Yeah, ten walks. It's like they had ten walks and like five strikeouts. Like how this? This is weird. It's just what are we playing the Pirates again? I mean, yeah. I
0: yeah. So yeah, the final line on that was eleven walks, ten strikeouts, uh, given up by uh, Chicago White Sox pitching, in. so thank you, White Sox. Yeah, crazy, crazy game. Another good outing by Michael Lorenzen. I, I have one little beef with that, uh, uh, David Bell. It seemed he went pitched four and two thirds. I thought. He should have been the one to, uh, with a five-run lead, uh, he he wasn't going to lose it. I mean, granted, uh, the game would have been tighter, but but I'm not a huge fan of taking the starter out uh, unless he's ready to come out uh, when there's inherited runners on second and third in scoring position, when there's only one one more out to get. Uh, it seems like they could have left him in one more one more batter. It may have turned out uh, about the same, but Lucas Sims. Uh, gave up uh, those inherited runners, so they got charged to Michael Lorenzen. But uh, Lucas Sims is the one that kind of gave up the runs, and he gets the win because uh, Lorenzen didn't get the fifth inning uh, in order to qualify for the win. So uh, kind of a kind of a double bummer for Michael Lorenzen, but he pitched great. And um, uh, I think he,
1: he was he was running out of gas. I, I he he was it.
0: starting, but I, I would have went one more batter, maybe. Uh, but before pulling him out, but you know what? It, it, it worked in the end. The red still got the win. Uh, Kino hit a home run. Uh, Edwin and uh, it's crazy at which, you know, it's hard to believe he's still even playing, but, uh, he had a home run in the game and he, he was a big key to the, uh, as we talked about in the archives, of uh, the 2010 red season. Uh, he's a big reason for the reds, uh, having that season because he was traded for Scott Rowland.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look back at that trade now and go, wow. Edwin turned out to be a very fine power hitter, but was mostly a DH in the American League. And I enjoyed Scott Rowland here. I thought the guy's a future Hall of Famer in my mind.
0: Yeah, Scott Rowland definitely should be. Uh, Edwin, uh, you know, he had some very good years as a DH, but uh, probably not a uh, Hall of Famer. But uh, he ended up having a really good uh, career, uh, 261 hitter. Three fifty on base and is going to end up with, uh, depending how many more years he plays, uh, he, he could come close to the 500 mark. If he plays a few more full seasons and not 60 game seasons, but he's 37 years old and uh, 16 years in, in the big league. So he's had some uh, very big uh, seasons in home runs last year, though they are, they were starting to fall off last year. He only had 13 home runs uh, this year. Uh, he's had 10. So, Uh, Power could be coming back a little bit for him. Uh, Of course, uh, last year he only played 44 games, so I guess that's about about on track.
1: Look at Nelson Cruz. The guy's 40 years old, and he's still hitting bombs, so you never know. (laughs) Right, and as DH, uh, he he could play probably until he stops seeing the ball. Yeah, which isn't too far
0: off. <laughs>
1: if you look at his batting average this year, I mean, geez.
0: You know, I don't think it, does any, I think there's like two or three players that have really good batting averages this year, then everybody else is like way below 300.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not been a year for batting averages, being that it's a pressured season with 60 games. And I don't think people are really concentrating on their, their batting averages right now.
0: Right. Well, and to start, I mean, you got to realize in a normal year, this game would be taking place, uh, end of May, the 60th game was usually end of May, maybe first part of June, depending on when the season started. So, uh, you know, there's been players, Joey Votto is a prime example. I think even the year that he had his, uh, almost MVP, uh, year in 2017, I, I think he got off to a slow start. Uh, if I remember right. And, um, and then turned it on second half. So uh, some players uh, are slow starters, and in, in a 60-game season, uh, every every game counts. So I, I think there's been some pressure there. There was time off with the uh, pandemic close shutdowns where players couldn't even work out unless they had uh, private facilities uh, to do so. Uh, so pitchers were ahead of uh, hitters this year. Uh, hopefully it's not a trend because the – the game needs good offense and good pitching and both can, can exist at least to a certain, certain degree. Um, but, uh, the, and I think some of these saber metrics, uh, trying for launch angles and all that that's been happening the last few years, uh, just got multiplied this year with the shorter season.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. I I think hopefully next year we get back to normal, at least with baseball and, get a 162 game season and get back in the ballparks and have some fun.
0: Absolutely. So the good news is the reds went from being like, yeah, they don't have a chance to be in the playoffs to, uh, moving back and forth between the second, uh, place team in the NL central and the, the uh, eighth seeded wild card, which is coming into tonight's game is where they were standing as they took on Milwaukee. So, Uh, looking ahead to this, uh, to, um, this last six games for the Reds, uh, the the huge games, uh, one, I mean, everybody's looking at the standings right now The the one column that means more than anything, uh, since it looks like all the teams are going to get their 60 games in with the double headers, um, barring any, any surprises, (laughs) uh, with weather or, uh, COVID-19 outbreaks again, but, uh as long as as long as the teams get their 60 games in the win column is the most important uh, number to look at uh, not the percentages so uh Reds uh 27 27 uh they're one game as far as the uh, as far as wins or they have one more win than the Cardinals do do uh, coming into tonight one more than the Brewers do uh, so they, they really gotta Got to take care of business against Milwaukee. A sweep would be perfect. Uh, two out of three, though, is minimum what they need, and then they play the Twins to uh, wrap up the year. Twins, uh, they're in the playoffs so far, thirty-three and twenty-two. So that's going to be a, a tough series, uh, but uh, I mean, it, it could be one of those things where Minnesota's already locked into uh, the seeding uh, that they have uh, by the weekend. So those games may not be as important to the twins as they are with the reds.
1: Yeah. They could do like football and sit their starters, in the last game or something like that. And then the reds will play everybody. Right. They'll play every starter and we'll just, yeah. You know, David Bell, I said to play everybody in every game. So,
0: yeah, it's hopefully it's not a normal year. Cause, uh, they're, they're in the hunt this year. This isn't a, is, this isn't the final game where, you know, you play your starters for three innings and then treat it like a, uh, like a, a spring training game to get some of the young players in there. This is a time uh, here on out. You got to w- play every game uh, from now until end of this weekend to win. So hopefully we don't see too many more t- games where Shogo sits. He's been on fire lately. vado has been on fire. Uh, you got to go with your starting, uh, what you consider your starting nine uh, rest of the way through, unless there's just an obvious, uh, matchup uh that's where the where one of the reds hitters just owns a guy or the opposite where uh, a pitcher that we're facing owns the reds so no more no more playing with the lineups uh david bell what you have right now seems to be working let's stick with it
1: yeah you got a winning formula let's stick to it i mean if you have to use the same lineup every game do it
0: absolutely and uh, I mean, there there might be a situation with the pitching matchup where you wouldn't want to do that, uh, but uh, for the most part, uh, don't tinker with it too much like you were earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, just don't lead, lead off Votto anymore.
0: <laughs> or Aquino.
1: I or forgot kid, to bring yeah. that up.
0: Aquino is not a leadoff hitter.
1: I, I I couldn't figure that one out either. So like, why are you leading Nakino off? Right. He's never and, let off. Him. And
0: I, I don't know why Shogo got the day off, uh, and it didn't work either. So
1: I mean, Anna left you on the mound, so I'm assuming that's why he right. took Shogo
0: out. Yeah, but Shogo, uh, like we talked about uh, so many times before, his splits in, in uh, Japan did not lead you to think that he needed to be platooned. I mean, granted, pitching in the major league level is a completely different animal, but Uh, typically, and I could be wrong here, uh, players that hit both, uh, both lefties and righties about equally in the minor leagues typically don't, uh, get platooned when they're uh, up in the majors.
1: Yeah. But I think as a manager, you you always, you always play the odds. So you, if you have a lefty on the mound, you don't. You know, we have a lefty in the box. Yeah. The, the, I, the averages. You play the averages. All right.
0: The and, and I guess with uh, with Shogo not having any American baseball experience, new uh, settings, uh, David Bell was going conservative, which you can't always do in a sixty game season.
1: No, and and, and that's going to be your mentality. I mean, you're used to 162 games, not 60, and it, hopefully this is the only time we have to see just 60 games. Right. I mean, 162 games, is what we need next year.
0: Absolutely, and I think it will because the players. I mean, a big part
1: of this, they probably could have got
0: ninety games in had they not had Rob not been uh, screwing around. Of course, I think Rob wanted sixty games to begin with. He didn't want to. The owners didn't want to play the pay the players uh, the salaries when they weren't going to allow fans in New York uh, to go to the games. Of course, now they're allowing fans into theaters. Uh, such as Saturday Night Live uh, Theater. I believe Jimmy Fallon's going back with a uh, studio audience again. Uh, and th- those are indoor events, so I don't understand why uh, some of the political leaders wouldn't let uh, and Rob, <laughs> to quote uh, Trevor Bauer. I-, I don't understand why uh, teams like the Reds, uh, who probably could have got 6,000, Seven thousand fans in uh, under the guidelines uh, that uh, Governor dwine allowed for uh, football. So it's kind of frustrating. It's it's too late to talk about now. Reds have two more home games uh, at the time of this uh, podcast. So uh, next year opening day, hopefully it's forty two thousand uh, allowed to go to the game. Uh, I know there's some uh, some statements saying maybe not till end of twenty twenty one. Uh, before we'd be able to do things like that again, but uh, hopefully uh, we'll have better treatments for COVID nineteen, or maybe it'll just disappear after the election, like some of the crazy people think. But <laughs> yep. uh, it, it'd be good for everyone if 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 we could get back to normal sooner, uh, would be better. But uh, hopefully we'll have at least some fans in next year. Joey Votto went on intentional talk today. Uh, saying that he misses the fans, uh, especially the Cincinnati Reds uh, fans. He says the players uh, live for the fans. And uh, he says, hopefully, shake hands, sign autographs, hug each other again. So uh, I know Votto gets kind of a bad rap uh, for for being kind of standoffish, but I've seen him at many games going down signing autographs, mainly for kids, but that's the way it should be, Uh, kids first anyway. Uh, but Damn. I've seen him sign for adults and, uh, with him, you just got to treat him respectful. And, uh, you know, some games he may, he may, uh, be focused on something else and can't do that, but I've seen him many games, uh, go down the first baseline and sign autographs. It's going to be a little bit more difficult, uh, when they do allow fans back because of the extra netting they're going to have. But, uh, I'm sure the Reds will find a way to make that work as well because the Reds are one of the most fan friendly teams uh, in baseball.
1: Well, I, I get a feel for the kids because, I mean, it's it's something for the kids to see a, a big league star and to get their autograph. And and now this year was really taking that away from them, and I feel for them. Uh, hopefully, right. you know, I mean, Reds Fest as well, you have to get taken away from us as well. So hopefully next season we get to see some fans at some capacity.
0: Absolutely. So uh, what's your thoughts uh, on this coming week? What do the Reds need to do?
1: And uh, I'd love to see six and oh, but, um, that that's, that's my thought. And I think it's a lot of fans would love to see a sweep of the brewers and a sweep of the, of the twins, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at probably five and one,
0: you know, I, th- I think if they go four and two, uh, they can, uh, eke into the playoffs either as a wild card or as a second place team, the brewers and the Cardinals, I believe they play each other five times. Yes. So the way, depending on how that goes, as long as one, one of those teams doesn't sweep the other, and even if they do, uh, that's good for the Reds. So it, it's kind of like that, the way the math works out, the Reds can win their series going out. I think they'll ma- make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think right now they're, they're playing a hot hand, uh, and, if, and then we knew that the schedule was going to favor them anyway. With some struggles in the middle of it, but then and they're finishing strong, and that's what you have to do if you want right. to be in the playoffs. I and mean, this is what, and this is a good time to do it. This is the last week of the season, six games up. Let's win them. Let's get them down there, and let's get let's get to the playoffs.
0: Right. So if if the Reds uh, go six and zero, they're definitely in because <laughs> yep. there'll be three games over the the Brewers uh, going into uh, the weekend. So uh, that should put them over the, over the hump there. Uh, the Cardinals, uh, if the Reds would, were to go six and zero, would have to win uh, pretty much out as well. So
1: um, they just lost Yadier Molina for a couple games as well.
0: That's that, that's uh, good news uh, for the Reds anyway. Yes. As yes. we scoreboard chase uh, the other teams in contention, uh, the Giants are twenty six and twenty six coming into tonight, uh, as were the Brewers. Uh, the Phillies are 27 and 26. So, I mean, the Reds, uh, even if as a wild card still have a chance to be that number 7 seed versus uh number 8 and I don't think the Reds want to face uh, Los Angeles uh one of the hottest teams in baseball, but you know what? In a 3-game series, anything can happen, especially when you haven't This is going to be the most fun playoffs, I think, this year because um anything can happen and So many teams that are going to be facing each other in the playoffs haven't played each other all year long, so it's going to be unknown. It's almost going to be like the old school World Series where the American League didn't see the National League. So I'm looking forward to the postseason. Hopefully the Reds are in it. Uh, If they make it with the starting pitching that the Reds have, very good chance uh, they can go far. Well, hopefully
1: by next week's show, we could be talking playoffs.
0: Yeah. Next week's show is definitely going to be all playoffs. Uh, we'll probably cover some of the weekend uh, games and stuff, but, uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, so a very, uh, very cool, um, cool week ahead. It's, it's fun. A few, a couple of weeks ago, we were kind of dreading this, like, uh, it's, it's, the Reds are going to be headed to fourth place. So, uh, I mean they're third place now, so fourth place is uh, in a in a bad world is still possible, but uh, we but got this, we got it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm going to say the Reds go six and zero. I'm going to be optimistic.
1: I I want i heavily want to agree with you. I want to say six and zero as well. I am still going to say five and one. I think they'll drop one in there somewhere, but six and zero would be great. I'm going to go with five and one now. Awesome. So, uh,
0: you know, we, we started the show off. We were so excited about, about the winning season. We forgot to go over some of the uh, things that happened on this date in history. Uh, September 21st, 1923, Epa Rixie won his 20th game of the season, tossing a complete game in a 4-3 victory over the Brooklyn Dodgers at Redland Field. And it was his 20th uh, victory pitching on one, one day of rest. That will wow. never happen again. Never. I, I don't even think Trevor Boward would, would want to do that.
1: You never know. He's crazy.
0: <laughs> also on September 21st, uh, the first televised game, what eventually would become Channel 5, uh, took place uh, as the Reds split a doubleheader with the Pirates. Uh, September 21st, set in 1976. Did you want
1: to see those, those old call letters that WLWT had? Oh, yeah, yeah. W- yeah. W8XCT. Right. Wow. <laughs> that's a mouthful. Yep. Uh, September 21st,
0: 1976. That's okay. Uh, the Reds' uh, def- defending World Series champions clinched their second consecutive National League division title and in fifth in seven years with a 9 1 victory over the Padres at Riverfront Stadium. Uh, George Foster went three for four that game. Uh, September 22nd, um, uh, 1972, Reds clinched the National League Division. There's a big theme uh, going on this week. with uh, Yeah, let's keep it going. Yep, uh, September 22nd, 1995, the Reds clinched their first National League Central Division title with a 3-2 victory over the Phillies. Uh, Dave Berber picked up the win and the Cowboy Jeff Brantley got the save. The Cowboy. How oh, are you doing? The Cowboy. Uh, in 1996, uh, on September 22nd, Barry Larkin became the first shortstop in major league history to join baseball's 30, 30 club, uh, hitting 30 home runs. And of course, uh, ended up with 33 stolen base or 33 home runs on the year and 36 stolen bases. Uh, and the National League MVP. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, that was 95. This was 96. Oh,
1: okay. I thought
0: you said 95. My bad. <laughs> nope, that's okay. Uh, 2002, I was at this game, uh, the final game at Riverfront Stadium as the Reds got swept by the Phillies and uh, lost that game 4-3. to uh, Do you know who started the last game at Riverfront Stadium for the Reds?
1: Uh. No, I I was not there for that one. Jose Rio.
0: Nah. he pitched pretty Jose. well but uh he was being used a lot kind of like Michael Lorenzen that year in the uh, in a relief role and uh was pulled uh kind of the same way we talked about earlier got pulled in the fourth inning and I'm like, "Uh, oh, bullpen." <laughs>
1: Well, that was kind of his. That was Jose's comeback. He came back. Oh, after, absolutely! Had been gone five years, and he yeah, was in he, the bullpen he,
0: he actually had a Hall of Fame vote uh, before that season. So um, he's like, hey, he's a World Series MVP. He deserves it. Absolutely. Uh, September twenty third, nineteen seventy seven, George Foster became the first Reds player to hit fifty home runs in a season. I tell you what, you want to talk baseball with a guy? That's a guy right there. Oh, absolutely. He, he's he's one of the nicest uh, guys uh, that you can meet at Reds Fest, or uh, even just walking into the Hall of Fame. Uh, hey, I
1: talked to him. I talked to him last year at Reds Fest, and um, I tell you what, a guy. Right. He's fantastic. Fantastic to talk to. Uh, in 1990, the Reds
0: defeated the Padres nine to two at Jack Murphy Stadium in. Uh, in uh, San Diego is the final road game of that year. 16 hits by the Reds with Eric Davis having four singles and three runs scored.
1: I love Eric Davis. Oh, absolutely.
0: Was. Uh, in 1992 on September 23rd at Dodger Stadium, uh, Bip Roberts, and I kind of forgot that he played for the Reds, <laughs> Bip. tied a National League record with a first inning single that gave him his 10th hit in 10 at bats, which is pretty amazing, especially the way hitting is this year. Uh, September 24th. He, he, was a great, he was a great leadoff hitter, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, September 24th, 1973, Reds clinched the third uh, division title in four seasons with a win over the Padres. The Reds just need to play the Padres, and they'll get a, uh, a, a division uh, clinching uh, victory this week. Uh, they're not going to win the division I don't think this week they're too many too far behind the Cubs but stranger things have happened
1: well the Padres have they've clinched so they're in the postseason so we may see them again who knows absolutely uh in 1964
0: September 25th the Reds uh, limited the Mets to four total hits in a double header sweep Wow. Jim Maloney held the held them to one hit and a three nothing win. And Bob Perkey uh limited New York to three hits and a four one victory in the second game.
1: It, what, do you, and now here's my question about I'm this is a Jim Maloney question. This is before my time, this is before your time. Is he a Hall of Famer? Would he would he be a, considered a Hall of Famer and in, in, in Pro Bowl? Not in the Reds Hall of Fame. I'm talking the National Baseball Hall of Fame. I, I I don't think so. He's he's had some pretty cool
0: accomplishments in his in his uh, career, but uh, overall, he work, pretty good. He had a pretty pretty darn good career. He he absolutely did. But I, I think it just falls falls short, and at this point, it's probably too late. <laughs> Unless uh, yeah. I know they have some legends and era voting now, so it, I guess it's possible. But I don't think he's on any anybody's radar.
1: Well, I mean, Ted Simmons wasn't on anybody's radar, but he well, he's did. Well, that's
0: that's true too. <laughs> uh, s- this one, I'm sure you. This is our time, September 25th, 2019. A yes. ha- a Suarez uh, broke the National League record for most home runs by a third baseman when he hit his 49th home run of the season, and also uh tiding with Ted Kluzowski for the most second most home runs in the season by a Reds player. Big clue. That's awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, 1961 on September 26th, Reds win in Chicago and clinching the Reds' first National League pennant since 1940. This is before divisions. Uh, Jerry Lynch in that game broke a 3-3 tie with a two-run homer uh, with the Reds winning 6-3 that night. And in 2007 on September 26th, Reds second baseman and now Lexington legend, second baseman, Brandon Phillips, uh, became the third red in franchise history to join the 30, 30 club when he hit his 30th home run of the season in the first inning of the Reds seven, six loss to the Astros it had to be a loss for Brandon. Of course, he ended up with 30 home runs and 32 well. stolen bases. Of course, uh, joining, uh, his idol uh, that he talks about looking up to uh, Barry Larkin uh, as, as being both being Reds members of the 30, uh, 30 club.
1: Brandon, Brandon Phillips. Is a, I think he was a phenomenal player. The guy doesn't want to retire ever. Um, he's doing well in Lexington. I mean, I, I don't think they have fans either. But no, no, they, no, they,
0: they do have fans. They're allowed to have oh. up to 2000.
1: Wow. Wow, that sucks. Um, <laughs> it sucks, for, it yeah, sucks for Major League Baseball, but come yeah, on, yeah. Man. The,
0: between them and uh, the Florence Freedom, both were allowed to have fifty percent capacity for uh, baseball games. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> you, the the key is, and I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this, but the key is um, that there's probably some money exchanged into uh, certain governors' uh,
1: political funding. I don't want to talk about, I, to I, uh, I get in trouble every time I talk politics. I
0: yeah, that. I do too. So I, I shouldn't say anything like that, but no, but seriously, they, uh, they, they are allowed to have fans. Uh, they were one of the first businesses, uh, to open up, uh, in Florence, as far as the outdoor entertainment, uh, facilities, uh, they opened up, uh, before they could play games. And, uh, this is a pretty cool event. Uh, you could go out to uh, the Florence ballpark anyway, uh, they had the grill open up so you can go get a hamburger, hot dog, bag of potato chips. They had the bar opened up uh, so you could get a drink, uh, all outdoor seating, of course. People were socially distanced for the most part. Uh, they had live music. And then the cool thing was, and I did this with my kids, uh, they actually let you go and play uh, catch or whatever you wanted to do on the field. So uh, I have two-year-old twins. They went out and, and ran all over the place, got, got to stand up on the mound. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun.
1: I've actually been on them fields. I used to be a coach with some, uh, 16 U teams and, uh, I got to be out there in the dugout and everything. It's a pretty cool place.
0: Right. <laughs> so, uh, so that pretty much wraps up the, this week in reds, uh, history. Uh, of course we've already talked about all
1: the games this week. Who was your player
0: of the week?
1: Uh my player of the week, I'm gonna go with Eugenio Suarez. He hit some key home runs and some key games and and some moments that needed he needed runs and he actually did that in a few games and did it once tonight, which we'll talk about next week.
0: Right. I'm gonna go with Suarez as well. Uh who's your pitcher of the week?
1: Uh I'm gonna go with Michael Lorenzen again because he's uh he stepped up in a couple of starts and did very well.
0: I was gonna go with Lorenzen as well. The the winning streak doesn't happen without him because Losing Sonny Gray is a huge, uh, he could be a huge blow to a team that was already faltering into the uh, playoffs. Michael came in, pitched really well, kept them in the game uh, long enough for the Reds to get the win in both of them. So uh, definitely, especially for a, for a guy that struggled so badly uh, at the first part of the year where fans were uh, wanting him cut, sent to Prasco. Uh, traded away for a bag of balls. Uh, not a nicer player on the team uh, than, than Michael Lorenzen, and uh, it's it's good to see him get some success, uh, get a chance to start, which I know he it would be his preference uh, if, if he could choose or play outfield or do whatever, whatever it takes. Uh, so it's nice to see him pitching well. Hopefully he can uh, keep that up in the postseason when he's probably going to go back into a bullpen role. Uh, but, uh, definitely, uh, open some eyes on some possibilities for being the a number five starter or a, or a, uh, spot starter, which most seasons you're going to need.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing is with him, I mean, he could, he could do any role. Like you said, uh, he hasn't gotten many chances to play in the field, but, uh, I think he's mostly needed in the bullpen and in the spot starts and, and send Robert Stevenson out to pasture. Yeah. <laughs> oh
0: you you and you and robert
1: <laughs> uh, yeah i can't i can't stand that guy anymore you just give him so many chances and he just he can't he can't seem to live up to his expectations right
0: anyway before we go now it's time for tales, tales
1: from, from the twitter sphere
0: on the reds fans chatter podcast <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, I know and, and, and no one else is noticing it, but in your headphones uh, you go deaf every time I play that. But uh, this week's uh, Twitter, I mean, there were so many good things, uh, but this one really stood out uh, from the game Saturday night uh, at the gravy 32 or Danny Graves really disappointed in the MLB Fox or MLB on Fox broadcast. Seems like they're trying to bring down Bauer outrage, which is Trevor Bauer. Because of the things he's done. Unless you spend time around him or the Reds, you really have no idea. I can tell you, this dude would pitch every day if he could. And then uh, then he uh, continues, Just love how some announcers doing national TV games come in and just talk like they know about the teams, their personalities, etc. In reality, they only know what they re- read, especially the negative stuff they read. Do your homework, please.
1: Yeah, who are those announcers on Fox? Uh,
0: A couple nobodies. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, they don't know what they're talking about. Unless uh, they they played played past five years, they have no idea what they're talking about. Right, and then uh, responding to
0: uh, Danny Graves is the Hall of Famer, Marty Brenneman. And he says, Danny, I cannot agree with you more. I think the establishment wants him viewed in a bad light because he speaks his mind. God bless him for doing it. I hope he keeps it up, and you know, no one is going to love someone that speaks his mind more than Marty
1: Brennaman. <laughs> exactly, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. He said what he said what came to mind. He didn't hold nothing back. He never right. did. And, and if you if you've taken
0: five minutes to watch any of uh, Trevor Bauer's podcasts or his videos, uh, you it's it's not a, it's not coming from a negative view. He wants to see baseball succeed. Uh, he has his view on how it needs to be marketed. He wants to market himself and not leave it up to baseball, which time and time again fails to market their superstars. I mean, everybody knows who LeBron James is. Mike Trout is not as as a uh, household name to non baseball fans. Uh, so, I mean, Mike
1: Mike Trout Mike
0: Trout is the Willie Mays of our time. Absolutely, but uh, I mean, if you if you talk to someone who doesn't follow baseball. There's a good chance they're not going to know who Mike Trout is.
1: Well, I mean, it, it, I could see that because, you know, I don't really follow hockey. I don't know who anybody is in hockey these days. Right. I don't know who anybody is in the NBA anymore, except LeBron. But, right. It, 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 it's yeah. I mean, if somebody doesn't follow baseball, they don't know who Mike Trout is. Right. Unless right. you're a Reds fan. You're I mean- right, your top. You didn't know who Votto is.
0: Right. Your tops. I mean, the Reds could do much better marketing their top stars. I've, I've said that for years, especially during the rebuild when, uh, you know, you had so many new faces, you needed someone like Votto. And Votto, uh, I mean, to his credits done a lot for the community, but, uh, I mean, the way baseball handles their merchandising, their, social media, everything got centralized by, uh, MLB advanced media. Uh, there's a lot of money reasons for that, but, uh, it, it took away a lot of the, uh, creativity that some teams could do or that the players could do. And then when the players are supposed to have all this freedom because of COVID-19 and shortened season, uh, you know, baseball steps in and threatens, uh, Trevor Bauer for, uh, to, uh, uh, with a not only a suspension or not only an ejection or fine, uh, but an ejection and suspension. Uh, if he wore those one cleats uh, which did not violate uh, any of baseball's rules other than the unwritten ones that Rob Manford uh, came up with. And then uh, this week, the Players Association, uh, probably in conjunction, partly because of uh, Scott Boris not liking Rob or not liking Trevor Bauer and then Rob Manfred having issues with Trevor Bauer uh, limiting some of the things they can do on their uh, social media pages. Uh, Trevor Bauer is probably gonna, going to toe that line as much as possible. I don't think he minds paying the fines. Uh, he, he wants to uh, build his brand and not only build his brand, but bring up other players as well, especially some of the minor league guys Uh who uh, really need that skill because uh, they are going to be not every minor league guy is going to make the majors and, and, uh, and when they're in the minor leagues, uh, they, unless they got a huge signing bonus, uh, they're living off scraps.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and I still say Bauer for commissioner.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and yeah, uh, I'm sure Trevor Bauer had a ton of tweets that we could always use every every week uh, for this fe- for this feature, but um, we must
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, can I say one thing before you sign off? Sure. Fox on Saturday they oh, did the, the I the was going to bring this up from MLB, the MLB twenty, the show twenty. They put their fans from the game into the, into the game every time it's made a fly ball or whatever. Yeah. I've that, seen was that, before. I've seen, I that was li- stupid. I kind of, I
0: kind of like that, but the, here, here's the stupidest thing on that uh, broadcast. That's even as stupid as the uh, negative comments against Bauer and Joey Votto And some of the other thing, those announce, uh, announcers said the uh, intro to the game on Fox. Now there's a blimp flying overhead. And that's probably for the Bengals. Well, the Bengals were in Cleveland. There's a blimp flying overhead. Don't know if it's for the Reds game or not, but they could get a drone. I'm sure they had file footage. This is probably where they got this. They showed Pittsburgh in the uh, game leading up to uh, the stadium. They showed the Pittsburgh skyline, not Cincinnati.
1: Wow. It's because they're morons. Apparently, they're just, they don't know what they're doing. No, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to, to diss Fox in any way, but when they're, their coverage yeah. of baseball sucks. I mean, especially. I mean, just the little things. You're you're getting you're uh,
0: getting paid or paying baseball uh, millions, if not billions, of dollars uh, to cover these games, and uh, baseball should uh, take a little bit more uh, pride and uh, make sure things like that don't happen. Mistakes happen, but that's a pretty big one. That's a prepackaged, uh, prepackaged uh, video that should not have should not have aired. Uh, they... See,
1: this is this is why they should have the the, the game in the one the weekends it would be network because they know what they are doing <laughs> fox, fox is just a football network now they only really they don't really care about baseball it, unless some, it's the World Series they don't care sometimes it does seem that way I mean I, well, I wish I wish that there was another network that would step in and, and buy the rights to baseball I mean if you're going to show it on, on, well, it's not free TV anymore, but if you show it on national television and put it on something where the network really gives a damn, right? I don't think Fox cares. That's my opinion. Right.
0: So, <laughs> so uh, on that I'm note, Randy, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> on that note, uh, hopefully next week when we're talking, we're talking about the playoffs and, uh, yes. and until then go Reds. Go Reds. Playoffs, baby.